rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new, completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. Breaking news would be that President Biden is missing the G20 leaders dinner. He is supposed to be at a supper right now, 8.10 in the evening here in Bali, Indonesia with everybody that flew in. Uh, If you're the U.S. president, you spent basically two days flying to get here for a dinner like this. You got MBS there. You got Trudeau there. She is also there if anything was left on the table. Uh, Yesterday, we did hear President Biden tell us that he had a cold uh, and he has tested negative for COVID, despite the Cambodian leader from our last stop being positive now. But we do not know uh, exactly what is going on with the president. They called an early lid. So we will keep you posted on what exactly is going on with breaking. We have such great leadership, I tell you. Such absolute great leadership. Welcome to the show. That was some of the G20 stuff yesterday, which, I mean, we should be talking about all of it, but we're talking about the stupid slap fight that's going on with the Republican Party. And it's almost enough to where I just don't want to, I mean, honestly, (sighs) we knew it was coming, though. Welcome to the show. It's Tuesday, the nationally syndicated radio show, and you can watch the simulcast of it uh, on the 1st. I have people who who I think they misunderstand. It's a radio program that is simulcast, so we want to make that clear. Um, this, the results last night, who, that was rough. The Arizona, but I kind of figured that. We're going to break some of that down for you today. Uh, everything with Arizona and why it went the way that it did. Because this was something that I had actually... Uh, I I honestly thought it might go this way, considering the polling and uh, everything else. I actually thought that it might go this way. So last night, and again, your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here, to get you started. So last night, what did we end up having? We ended up losing the governor's race. Carrie Lake lost to Katie Hobbs. The vote, what was the final total? Because the last I saw it was... I think they were still counting a couple of things, but it was projected to be like this was going to be the they had NBC started first and then everyone else fell through. And I knew when my friends over at Ace of Spades uh, HQ decision desk, I knew when they called it that it was a legit it was that was it. It was done. But it was probably about eight o'clock 
uh, what, na- 9 Central maybe, 8 Eastern? Or no, sorry. Maybe 9 Central, 10 Eastern, eight, maybe something that it was called. So it was, you know, it was, and it was building up. It was weird because there were a lot of, there was a lot of discussion saying that she was maybe going to pull out. She was, you know, maybe going to, you know, Carrie Lake was maybe going to make this happen. And then they started getting, and it was all mail-in ballots, correct? The way that I understood it, it was all the mail-in ballots that they were counting. And so that's the latest. And so she did not take, did not take the governor's, governor's mansion. And so now you have the Senate and the governor's mansion that has gone Democrat. Now the Arizona, looking at the Arizona I'm pulling up my notes here, so bear with me. So looking at the Arizona race, a lot of the votes that came in, particularly uh, Maricopa County, in and around Phoenix and Sedona and all of this stuff, one thing that you need to realize, Arizona is a tilt purple, is a tilt blue state. I think some people believe that because it's a Western state that it's going to vote Republican and that's that's not accurate. Um, it's a it's a tilt blue state. And, you know, when in looking at that, you have a lot of independents. You also have a lot of more moderate Republicans that don't really get involved in the primary. And I was having this. I actually was talking about this with a couple of friends last night in states like Arizona. It's really difficult to predict the general election from your primary Voters, because a lot of the people that are going out in the general are your more are your moderates or your independents that aren't uh, as engaged in the primary and in the lead up and all of that other stuff. So that's really important to keep in mind with everything. And Arizona, as I said, being tilt blue, you know, I when you have the plurality of voters in a primary that are choosing the candidates that that you know that they're choosing, then you then you go into general and midterm it's just very odd and it's very odd in states too where you're seeing a big difference in political ideology because of like people moving in etc colorado's kind of like that uh texas has been texas not so much they were pretty uniform this last time around but in arizona it's kind of it's it's important to understand that and i was looking at all of their um, that's what i'm just pulled up um because i didn't think i was actually going to dive into it right now but it just works um i you know, went and, and looked back. So they had Doug Ducey was their governor. He's a Republican. He was the incumbent. So the flip from Katie Hobbs is a it's a it's a flip from the Republican incumbent to the Democrat. And Carrie Lake, because you had there were a couple of other people that I know were in contention. And I know that Doug Ducey and Trump, you know, there were some people that had kind of fallen afoul of the former president. And I don't know. I think that I, I do actually think that that kind of plays into Arizona because, again, Maricopa County, Phoenix, it's the biggest that's the biggest county there. That's the most populous. That's right next to Sedona. That's McCain's backyard. That's so that's your that's what you got to consider. You're looking at kind of McCain Republicans. And so I think all of that, all of that absolutely has some impact. And I had I had a couple of other. Uh, I had broken out some other numbers as well, but that's all of this isn't all of this hat. You have to figure factor all of this in. Uh, All of this has to be factored in. And when you so Doug Ducey, when he took Arizona, it was 14 points and it was a really bad year for the GOP, particularly. And I think, you know, then it then after that, he was thinking of Senate, etc. So it ended up being 
man, it just it just did not go well. And a lot of people are going to be discussing candidate, etc. I think that the candidate, I think that Carrie Lake did not appeal to a lot of independents and moderates. I'm just telling you what I'm looking at with the numbers. You, I mean, don't get, you know, get, I, I can't stand this where I can't even, I feel like it, that one, I watched Dave Chappelle's monologue and there was uh, one point where he said, I can't even talk to people and it's just getting aggravating. It, it's kind of because the tribalism is so thick, you can't even like have fact-based, numbers-based discussions and it's really flipping annoying. Uh, for, for, and, and I know it's annoying for, for the people who just want to get the, the straight facts and news. But there were a lot of independents and moderates who just did not warm to her. That's all there is to it. And I think when you, when you, when you are in a tilt blue state and you go hyper tribal and uh, in the primary, this is something you're going to have to get over with messaging in the general. And I just don't think it happened. This is all there is to it. So Arizona, now I'm going to be honest with you. I was, I would have been shocked had Carrie Lake pulled out a victory. I like Carrie Lake. I think she's, you know, she's a great speaker. I don't, I don't dislike her at all. I definitely wanted her to win. Me pointing out the numbers doesn't negate that fact. I'm pointing out numbers. It's very, very easy to follow along. And at the same time, because Katie Hobbs is a hot mess, hot mess. Did you see what she was tweeting out yesterday? Secretary of State. She's, so she's on her campaign, the Katie Hobbs campaign. Then she goes over to the Secretary of State. It's, and she's so damn political and so hyper-tribal. And then she goes to the Secretary of State and she's like, oh, please give us a couple of moments. How are people supposed to take that seriously? That's a rhetorical question. I know, I know that you can't because it's, it's silly. I wrote a piece uh, last night that I sent out to our subscribers, which is why you should subscribe. And I got it's, it was called the wave was a lie. And I don't I don't want to sit here because I, I, I think that there are a couple of other things to look at. And we're also going to look at the student loan forgiveness, all that other stuff, what's happening in Georgia. But I, I, I got into a little bit of I really think that the polls weren't wrong. And I'm trying to figure out who was telling people. Now, I thought that there might be a lot of momentum for sure coming into this. Because when you, when you measure voter sentiment, particularly on job approval, etc., that was very telling. When you looked at the number of women that were leaning towards uh, the GOP, I mean, that's, that is uh, incredibly important. I mentioned yesterday all of the building upon the uh, Hispanic vote, the black American vote, the Asian American vote, the every, you know, whatever vote, uh, because people like that, they're, they like the appeal of a big tent. And because, you know, I, I think you, it's easy to sell people on being able to keep more of their own money. But, you know, I'll say this, this uh, polling, I don't know where people are getting the idea that it was ridiculously wrong. It wasn't. Every single survey that I've shared with you on the Senate I said, what did I say about Pennsylvania? I didn't think I was going to take Pennsylvania at all. I said that Masters, I'd be shocked if Masters had taken Arizona. The only one that I actually thought may pull it out was Adam Laxalt of Nevada. That was it. And I tell you what, had Steve Bannon, sloppy Steve, who called Donald Trump Jr. a traitor and led a journalist around to get dirt on Trump in the White House, had sloppy Steve Bannon gotten his way, Mr. War Room, you would have had uh, greetings in Missouri and you would have lost that damn Senate seat. I've never met anyone so politically stupid and strategically dumb in my entire life and rides the coattails of everyone else and people just fall for it. It's amazing. But I can say this having known the guy for over a decade. 
you would have had another seat. I did not think in, at, at all the pencil. There was not a single survey that showed that was going to happen. Not a single survey in, in Arizona that showed Masters was going to take Mark Kelly. My gosh, Mark Kelly led him the entire time. Now, in Nevada, at least, there were a couple of polls that showed Laxalt pulling very ever so slightly ahead. So I thought maybe there's a chance there that he could, that might be something he can take. Georgia, I'm not even going to tell you what's going to happen in Georgia because I don't know. Nobody does. It's weird. It all goes back to Georgia again. Georgia had really high turnout this last election. This was a huge difference from the uh, special election that they had where Democrats, it was like two to one. Democrats just suffocated Republican turnout because Republicans got convinced to stay home. They didn't need Democrats swapping out their ballots. They just got told to stay home and they did it. They believed it, bought into it, you know, hook, line and sinker. Hopefully... Noting the previous turnout, it's not going to happen that way. I don't think it will, but I think it comes down to how Walker's going to campaign. What do we got, 21, 22 days out? Yeah, so I think it comes down to how Walker campaigns. People got to remember the individual's the vessel. This would give Democrats 51 in the Senate. Now, it's not, you know, it's they, they, that, that's just enough. That is just enough to, to, to manage some stuff. Just enough. And that's all they need. So at the best, you got to maintain the status quo. It's got to be 50-50. So that's what people need to think when they go into the Walker thing. But I'll be damned. If I have to sit here and deal with a stupid Republican infighting, I'm going to pull my hair out and the hair out of every Republican leader. I am so done with it. They're having their stupid slap fight today over House Speaker. Who gives a rat's ass about House Speaker right now? I know I don't. I don't care about RNC chair or anything else. You can have a McRomney Daniel go up there. I don't care. What people want to know is, what are you going to do about voter integrity? What are you going to do about inflation? What are you going to do about the economy? What are you going to do about taxes? What are you going to do about all of these things that we're dealing with? Quit navel-gazing, because I have heard more about their power jockeying than I have about solutions to these issues in the past week and a half. And I think, judging from the comments, judging from the emails, and judging from the discussion on social media... You're right there with me. We got a lot more to get into. And as we get moving, Black Rifle Coffee, anyone who tells you it's not good is paid by Starbucks. I don't know. I'm just like moving on. I'm drinking it right now. I'm going to have more. It's black and bitter like my soul. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned coffee company, and it's farmed a cup. And I could sit here and tell you all the bougie stuff about it, blah, blah, blah. It's good coffee. It tastes good. They have some really great blends, and they have some strong ones, too, which I appreciate because I basically want to drink the strongest caffeine that I can get my hands on in the morning. And Black Rifle Coffee delivers. It's a veteran-owned company. They employ veterans, and they roast their own beans. I can't even tell you how many of these boutique coffee businesses that have sprung up to compete sit here and say that they roast their own stuff. They white-label it. They roast it in Canada, slap a label on it, and bring it into the United States and act like they did it right here in the U.S. of A. Whereas Black Rifle Coffee actually roast their own stuff they get beans from the best places to get beans and they bring it all back to their facilities in tennessee and utah where they roast it five days a week join the black rifle coffee club because you can save yourself some money you get discounts on merch and all kinds of stuff too 
And you also choose your roast, your frequency of shipment, and you get the best fresh roasted coffee from beans around the world right to your doorstep with free shipping. So visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Save 20% off your first coffee club purchase, coffee, and select gear. That's 20% off using promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee, Black Rifle Coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so a couple of things here. I got a lot. So I watched a dude on Twitter get actually fired. Uh, the guy named Eric Fronhofer, he said he spent six years working on Twitter Android, and he can say that Elon Musk was wrong. He quote tweets the boss. The boss said, I'd like to apologize for Twitter being slow. App is doing, you know, less than a thousand poorly batched RPCs just to render a home timeline. Uh, Fraunhofer decided to argue with him. Musk goes, then correct me, what's the right number? And he goes, it's slow on Android. What have you done to fix it? And the guy argued with him, and then it turned out he was wrong, and Musk goes, he's fired. It was actually quite entertaining. This kid, I just saw this, is actually absolutely brilliant. It's New York Post. Sun tricks dad into getting him a puppy by impersonating the mom. He texts the dad and he goes, what time, hon? What time is the dog coming? The dad's like, well, I guess, I, you know, I don't know yet. And so he actually went on his mom's phone and used the phrase the nine-year-old admitted that mom uses and duped his dad. They got a dog. Now, I want to punish him, but at the same time, that's like he would have a great career in politics. So I don't know. Like if he can, can be convinced to go to the correct side, you know, there's some value there. A man returns a lost $4.7 million check and gets gummy bears in a reward. A German man returned an almost $5 million check to the Haribo company after he found it on a train platform. I what? And he he got he got awarded for his honesty with some candy. He said it was a $4.7 million check. It was such a large sum. And it was. So they gave him some gummy bears. They gave him a box of, you know, like a couple gummy bears. And he's... I mean, Harbaugh said it was a standard package we sent as a thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that, you know, the guy did something nice and I don't ruin it by complaining about your reward. You know, is that why you do it? But this is why humans suck. But at the same time, some gummy bears, like for real, you couldn't give a man like a lifetime supply. You couldn't, you know, give him a cut of that. Come on. We got a lot more on the way. Stick with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning, and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor 
got attacked more, particularly by corporate media, than me over my four-year term. And yet, I think what you, what you learn is all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Uh, the fact of the matter is... Slap. Yeah, the Slappity fact slap. of the matter is, we um, it, it was the the, the greatest uh, Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. Not wrong. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you, and that was Ron DeSantis just a little bit earlier responding. It was very it was it was good that he made it about media. I think that that was a good thing. Uh, it it just the whole thing is just so all of this is. I wish I want, we need to be able to focus on Georgia. I've got to be able to focus on Georgia. That's like the, the number one important thing, I think, going forward. But that was Governor Ron DeSantis a little bit earlier talking about all of this. Uh, this, um, I do think tr- Trump is making, hopefully that kind of ends it, the back and forth. Uh, I would hope that it does. But I think Trump is making an announcement tonight or saying something tonight. What did you say, Kane? What's he going to do? What's Trump going to announce tonight? Oh, that maybe the McRib is back. That would be hysterical, and I would, I would literally LOL. Most of the time when I write LOL, I'm not. I'm just maybe amused. That would be not great. even smirking, but that I would legit would laugh out loud. Wouldn't you? Oh, if he just came back and was like, the McRib is back, and it's here to stay. I mean, maybe Can I sidebar real quick? What in the hell is with people in that sandwich? You know, I don't know. I've heard that there is a... As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, I was talking with him last night about this. Apparently, they're on the farewell tour. In other words, this... At least the impression is that they're the McRibs last year is this year. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's always been a yearly limited item for McDonald's, people get, you know, they get a little crazy about those limited items. It's a yearly thing. I mean, is it just, it looks like it's made with, it's like not even, it's not even an actual rib. It's just meat mashed into a rib form, rib correct? Shaped. Yes, it's rib That's shaped. That's kind of gross. It's Play-Doh. <laughs> it's rib shaped meat glued together. That's disgusting. How, why do you? Because my husband loves those sandwiches too, and I never, I've never understood. Yeah, like, I used why to be a fan a back in the nineties. I was a huge fan. Okay, well, it's just meat that's shaped into a rib. It's not an. It's a rib product. Yes, that's correct. It's a rib product. I've always wondered: Do they pour the meat slop into like the little rib thing, the shape? Oh, I think so. The they the have mold, to. and then what do they do to get it to stay like that? Because you look at it and you're like, this is it. not actually a rib. They freeze it and then they throw it on the grill. You know, it's just all like lips and buttholes in there, right? You do. The, I'm not joking. That's what the meat is, right? Isn't That's that what McRib? it is? I don't know. It looks it's nasty. How, uh, it's not how McDonald's advertises it. But I know that that's what's in hot dogs and I think bologna. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's. Yeah. All right. So I just wanted to know that because I that uh, that like came up and we're just like, what in, what in the world is happening here? Okay. So I have a few other things I want to make sure we hit. The... Where do you even go? Because we've with the latest with the mid. They're still counting stuff in California. Uh, one of our listeners, let me pull this up. Uh, Paul had said we're a week out from the election. Only forty percent of the ballots are counted in some of the places in California. How is that even possible? How much percent? 
40%. How was that even possible? The election was a week ago. No joke. What in the world? Now, here's a fun fact about Arizona's elections. Do you remember, I want you to go back to the uh, Kavanaugh hearing. Do you remember the short-haired attorney who was very no-nonsense who went up to question, what's her face, Blathy Ford, remember? She was just very, she had short hair and she just, you know, was very no-nonsense. Her name is Rachel Mitchell and she was a Republican lawyer. She won the Maricopa County attorney election by six points. I just thought that was a fun fact. I'm like, hmm, I remember her because we all kind of liked her. She just, you know, she asked her questions and Democrats were mad at her as they are wont to do because they thought, oh my gosh, she's asking questions and she's not alone. This is bad for us. And so they got, they were very upset at Ms. Rachel Mitchell. Well, she won her election, so nah, nah, nah. One of the things I've been seeing is the White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain. He was on the MSNBC saying that he was really trying so hard to promote Tuesday as a big Biden win. Now, that's just not, he was trying to act like it was like the biggest, you know, midterm win and that it, but it, but it wasn't. And even Jonathan Carl, who I don't agree with and most recently disagreed with publicly earlier this week, he was even trying to correct Ron Klain on this. They said that the best midterm performance on in the Senate by a by a party that had already was holding the White House. And this goes back to 1960. It was Kennedy in 62, where it was plus four for Democrats. And then it was Bush in 02 in the middle of the recession. And that was uh, plus uh, two, which got control of the Senate. So, no. And then 2018 was the midterm because the Republican Senatorial Committee, they flipped uh, four Senate seats. And Democrats only got two. They only took uh, flip two. So that was basically a plus two for the Senate. And so I don't know where he's getting this, you know, why they're promoting this. And it just it's not accurate. They're trying so hard to save him. He, he didn't he I think it would have been worse if he actually would have gone out there and campaigned. Really? So. The mail-in ballot situation is something, and I wrote about this in the piece, uh, my piece yesterday. That is something that absolutely has to has to end. It's 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 it is insane. It's they're moronic and they have to go. Um, as I've said before, I don't I don't have a problem with absentee ballots, which is totally different. I don't have a problem, even I I don't even really have a problem with early voting as long as your state requires an ID, a photo ID. But then you have the people out there who are like, the photo ID is racist. It's so bad. But these same people will show their photo ID to get the paycheck protection loan or a plane ticket or liquor or Sudafed or to get into some clubs to, you know, whatever. I mean, who needs a photo ID to vote? I mean, it's just the Senate, right? I mean, it's just the Senate, the, you know, the part of the government that determines your entire future down to how much of your money that they're going to take, whether or not the police can beat you, whether or not they're going to send your kid off to die in some foreign land in a war. I mean, no big deal, right? That should be a top priority, if not the top priority for Republicans. 
it should be ending the mail-in ballot situation because it's ridiculous. Here's my other big question. Why are we still using mail-in ballots when there is a quote-unquote vaccine for the pandemic? Now, remember, the mail-in ballot situation, I talked about this yesterday. It was a temporary thing that was supposed to be only during the 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 pandemic for the virus people were worried about getting the virus they were concerned they were upset they wanted to you know we didn't have any injections but now we have those miraculous quote-unquote vaccines so why are we still doing mail-in ballots and joe biden said the pandemic is over so why are we still doing mail-in ballots which was supposed to be a temporary thing only during lockdown which I didn't even agree to then, but whatever. Isn't that, nobody? nobody's asking this, and I'm shocked as to why. I don't even see this coming up from Republicans. Why is this still a thing? When it was declared to be over, and you have your, aren't you triple vaxxed and uh, quadruple boosted, something like that? Did you hear, by the way, about the uh, cruise ship in Sydney? That pulled up. I know I have this. I, I didn't mean to get into this then, but uh, there was a cruise ship of, of like, I can't remember how many people, uh, apparently like 800 people on board. They all like apparently had coronavirus. Hey, look, it's not coming up on my notes. Bear with me. Uh, but they, yeah, it was a cruise ship with 800 a couple days ago, two days ago, 800 positive coronavirus positive passengers and crew they docked in sydney but they were all the vaccinated though what but kane how is this possible the majestic princess cruise sidebar i cannot you guys know how i'm about cruises this is why the majestic princess cruise ship it was going through a 12-day trip from new zealand to australia an outbreak of the rona was detected and then they had 4,600 passengers and crew aboard the ship. They said most of the cases were asymptomatic. All of the cases, they said, were asymptomatic or only mildly symptomatic. They were all being isolated. But, Kane, they had the Vex shots. Yeah. And the boostedzers. What? Well, I think we've learned over the last year and a half that these, quote-unquote, vaccines, which they're not vaccines, but... They don't stop transmission. They also don't stop you from getting it. So why are you why are you promoting misinformation? What? So what I was told. I think everything I said was true. Yeah, but they're vaccines though. They call them vaccines. Yes, they had to change that definition too uh, last year. But the vaccines, it's the word. <laughs> it is the word. It's just a different definition than it was prior to last year. Didn't they make everybody get the shot in Australia? Like, didn't they hold them down and beat them half to death and, like, you know, jab them in they the neck? They were at 95% vax rate, like, you know, pretty early on, and they were draconian in their lockdowns and everything. Yeah. So I don't, I'm just curious as to how, you know, this can happen, how you're, how they're getting this, because they had the, they had the McRib shots. I don't know. Because this, it's like the flu, and no one wants to admit it. They say, they say the flu is going to be really bad this year. I feel like that's just fear-mongering. I will say that the flu, for me, whenever I've gotten it, and I've gotten the flu shot one time, and I got the flu, and it was the worst I ever had the flu, so I was like, I'm not getting this shot again. But just wash your hands, too. You know what's real simple? When you're sick, stay the hell home. 
Don't go, don't be going out. And if you're a, you know an employer and your people are sick, you're just as bad if you're making people come in sick. Don't do that stupid stuff. Don't be dumb. It's the pandemic of the dumb. <laughs> Stop it. Wash your hands. Don't be coughing on your hands and like touching people. It was funny because I was at an event, uh, Folds of Honor fundraiser the other day, raising money for uh, children of Gold Star families. It was a great event. And uh, they're, they're, they're so selfless. It was uh, actually went with our friends over at uh, Patriot Mobile. And there people, uh, you can tell who listens to the show and who doesn't. Like who listens like religiously and who listens every now and then. Because the people who listen religiously will not extend a hand. It was hysterical. And I was so amused by it because they know. They're like, I know you think it's gross. It's all right. And they, and they look at me like, I know. And in fact, some of them go, I, I listen to your show. I know what you think about ha- shaking hands. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's so hysterical. I love it. And then there was one point where I was meeting someone who I think has watched the show or uh, has listened to the radio program and watched the simulcast and maybe caught some things on Fox but never heard me talk about it. She comes up and sticks her hand out and she's next to a guy who listens and, and his wife, who both of them listen religiously. And they're like, no, no. They're like, that's gross. Don't shake hands. They've actually, I've converted them. We're all in the no shake hands cult now. It is hysterical. We're going to get jackets. We have uh, a lot more on the way, including, wait, I had something funny for you. Where did I have this at? I had, I stuck something crazy in here somewhere and I can't find it. Uh, No, we are going to get, because the World Cup is going to kick off. Juan is very excited. And the one thing, though, that I am a little, did you see all the stuff that can get people in trouble? I mean, what is it? Beer, pork, anything? Yeah. It, lots of things, all of them. I, I mean, there's a million things. I, we've got to talk about this because can you really enjoy a game without a brew? I don't know. I'm asking. So we're going to get, we got that on the way. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana 972-PATRIOT. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. So we here at The Dana Show are trying to figure out what in the world is going on with the Paris Olympic Game mascots that were apparently announced yesterday evening. And it is one of the most obscure things I've ever seen. It is, I, they say that it's the, they're the Olympic mascots, Paris, Paris 2024 mascots, they're hats. They're literally hats. They're red, they're red hats. That's all they are. I don't even, what, what? I'm not going to, I really kind of don't want to share with you the, um, 
com- the, the, the comments because the they're comments. so bad. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you saw the one that is the Paralympic. It is. It's. They call it a Phrygian cap. It's like a red elf hat that free people wore way back in the ancient Greek times, and then later it became a symbol during the resistance. Actually, during the revolutions, the French Revolution. I lo- I had to look this up. There's like there's like a absence of links on this, and I just don't. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. So they they I don't know. I was looking at their other their past. Hang on, because they have the Olympic Games. They retweeted the Paris 2024 people and they were showing all. Usually it's an animal like we've used the eagle before. And Athens, I don't know what the remember when Athens in 20. Wait, was it? Remember Athens in 2004? They used those weird people with the big feet. And then Beijing. I mean, it just I don't know. I don't this. So they're they're their hats. One of my favorite comments to this, it was in French, but they said, I can't wait to see the others, Mimi la baguette, and then cut, cut the guillotine. <laughs> Can you imagine? Our mascot is the little guillotine. <laughs> His name's Cut Cut. <laughs> I want that now. We, there's like an amazing branding opportunity, right? We, I don't know where to go after this. We have another hour coming up. These hats are, they're ridiculous. They don't look like hats. They don't look like hats. Stay with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. I was looking at um, this because we got the results from Arizona last night. It's kind of actually what I thought it would be. I really did. I Look, I like Carrie Lake. She's been on the show. People are, because I we live in a society this is where everything has to be explained because everyone immediately wants to take the dumbest way home. Um, all the drive-bys out there. Noting that there was, it was going to be a tough race for Carrie Lake to win anyway, uh, does not equal dislike of her. I'm looking at the math. I didn't think Blake Masters is going to take Arizona either. That's the way it is. Now, I'll tell you, uh, we talked a little bit about this last hour in our first hour. It's our second hour, top of. The breakdown in this because a lot of the votes there were republicans that were voting democrats some there was there was some split ticket arizona is a tilt blue state and also you cannot run a primary race in a general general election you can't 
after the primary, you got to kind of make sure that you're you 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 have to broaden your appeal. And that's look, that's the way the game is played. You either play the game or the game plays you. It's the way it is. It's like Game of Thrones. It's just, I mean, people can sit here and bemoan it and lament it, but the reason that it exists is because humans are stupid, weak, frail, sinful, and problematic, and this is the result of that. And there's not a single one better than the other that can cast stones. That's the way it is. So you deal with what you got. She, I mean, I thought she was good. She was very well-spoken. She was, you know, had a good grasp of the issues. She kind of reminded me a little bit. She had the energy of a Jan Brewer, who's a previous governor in Arizona. But I will say a lot of the Republicans in Arizona, and, and particularly in Maricopa County, et cetera, these are, you know, these are areas where you, you the independents aren't out there during the primaries. The independents aren't out there you know, in, in the streets with grassroots. That's just not, I mean, it's just very, it's just different. That's just not how it works. And as a result of that, you know, you, you don't have, it's just not the same results. And you can't necessarily judge that candidate in, uh, in that way. There were, there, it's just different, especially in a state like Arizona, you know, it, I mean, it, it's, it, and when you have a, a tilt blue state, it is, it's just a different thing. It's just different. It's the way it is. So it also doesn't help you when you, and I know, look, I know I've never, I have not been a fan of John McCain's policies. I know Megan and I'm friends with Megan. I don't agree with her on everything, but do you have to? I mean, for crying out loud, I'm a grown ass woman. You know what I mean? I don't have to sit here and have have basically have ideological fealty with everything i cannot stand that stuff as long as you don't want to take my guns anyway i'm okay but in arizona you got to think about how this plays out if you're you're trying to win over moderates and uh independents in a tilt blue state and a state that liked john mccain the worst thing that you can do is basically go out there and <laughs> i mean desecrate that's how they looked at it. They looked at it like when she would say stuff about him that he, she was basically desecrating his memory. That's the way they looked at it. Now, if you're trying to win the seat, what is the point of running the race? You want to get votes, right? You want to be appealing to everybody. You want to try to get votes and you want to get in your seat. I get that. And I was hoping that she would prevail. But that didn't help her. And I think that was one of the things that stuck out with a lot of people. Because I've seen that represented. And there's some listeners here. We have some affiliates in Arizona. There are listeners here who had said previously that was going to be, they thought that was unbecoming and that she would have been fine without that. When you have, it is very unusual to have listeners reply with something like that. And it was more than a handful. That was, that was kind of, that was something. So it is, it is, I mean, that's just how, you know, that's how Arizona runs. That is how Arizona runs. So I, when you look at, um, I think they have more, they have a lot of moderate Republicans. Some were saying that they have more moderate Republicans than any other state. And that's, you cannot, those the moderate Republicans are not going to be representative in the primary the way that they are in the general and so that's why you cannot run a primary race in a general election after the primary. You have to kind of switch it up. I don't think that Lake did that. 
And that's just the way it is. That's and that's also, I think, you know, kind of a you know testament to not being a politico. You're not, you know, you're not, uh, you know, a lifelong politician. You don't recognize that. But it is, it is important. I wrote about a little bit about this uh, in a piece last night, and I was actually because I, I get. Do you hear the? Do you hear from people? <clears throat> Because the Republicans are slap fighting about who's going to be Speaker of the House and all this stuff. And I was reading some, and then they're getting into Deputy Whip and all that. I know Tom Emmer and Jim Banks are, you don't even know. Honestly, can you sit here and tell me, how, this is how my life is going to be affected if, if Tom Emmer or Jim Banks is Deputy Whip? No! I do, there are some, I met Tom Emmer before. There were There's some votes of his that I find uh, concerning. I find them incredibly concerning. But, you know, I look at, the I mean, the voters, everybody, especially some of the independents and people who don't have their mind made up until the last minute. Can, I, I don't understand that. I don't think I ever will understand that. How do you not have your mind made up? You're like a week out. How's your mind not made up? You know what I mean? How is that not a thing? I wrote about this last night because I've laid into politicians for over a decade on this program. I think that Sometimes there's some of the worst that America has to offer and it's all gift wrapped in an expensive suit and they're sat there like a potato behind a lectern on the floor in the Capitol. And all these people, they sit here and they complain about voter integrity, but they don't do nothing about it. They complain about the deficit and they spend more of our money. And then we, we spend a lot of time blasting these candidates, but then we kind of forget that we hold some culpability here. I, I wrote in my piece that if there are people undecided the week of the election, then they have failed their basic duty to this country. They're unengaged and they're clueless. And I'm tired of everybody walking on eggshells around them for fear of hurting their feels. Everyone's like, well, you can't blame the voter. Where do you think politicians come from? You think that they're dropped from the Lord in the desert like manna from heaven? Do you really think that? Because they come from us. They are literally a distilled version of us. They are an avatar of the electorate. They are representative of the electorate. This is why the founders so often talked about how important virtue was to a people. Because if a people is not virtuous, then how can a people expect their representatives to be so? Sam Adams had said, quote, a general dissolution of principles and manners will sure, surely overthrow the liberties of America than the whole force of the common enemy. And while the people are virtuous, they cannot be subdued. But once they lose their virtue, then they will be ready to surrender their liberties to the first external or internal invader. And Ben Franklin had once opined that only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. And as nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. The popular thing to do with unengaged voters is to treat them like a protected class. And ironically focus all of the ire on the politicians and party leaders without admitting that elected officials are entirely of the people and that voters bear culpability. I mean, voter turnout, I went and looked at voter turnout. It was shamefully low. I looked 
I mean, uh, ABC, Washington Post, RCP. I mean, I was looking everywhere. A smaller share of Americans appear to have voted in the midterm elections. And this is according to U.S. Elections Project data and Associated Press. Now, in some states, voter enthusiasm, enthusiasm exceeded the high mark in 2018, but the turnout was smaller. And turnout was higher in, the, in several battleground states in the midterm. In Pennsylvania, it was higher. And six out of ten eligible voters in Wisconsin and Michigan cast a ballot. That's really ridiculously low. But that's actually higher than it was previously. I don't consider higher than it was previously to be a win. We have super low voter turnout. I'm going to tell you something. All of the trans teachers that you see in those videos that lives of TikTok posts, the ones where they have pink hair and there it's a guy who is cosplaying in woman face and he's lamenting how his parents are stopping him from sharing the details of his sex life with your, your elementary kids. They would love for you to continue to sit on your ass and not help to get out the vote. They depend on it. So am I harsh? And Kane, tell me if I'm being harsh. Because I really feel like we treat people who walk into these elections not knowing their butt from a hole in the ground as a protected class, and I'm tired of it. Because I think they bear just as much culpability as Mitch McConnell or Donald Trump or anybody else. Why do we treat them like a protected class? We're, oh, don't talk about the voters. Shut up. Yes, talk about the voters, because the voters make the republic. What the hell? What is this? Where did this nonsense come from? (sighs) Nuts. Well, you know, the left doesn't have a problem talking about voters, especially if they no. think they can demonize them. If you remember on The View, they talked about how Republican women voting Republican. Roaches, yeah. Like roaches voting for raid. That's the type of verbiage you get from the left. So I think it's all right to talk about the voters. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. The whole thing is frustrating. We have to have high turnout. High turnout neutralizes fraud. That's why voter turnout is so unbelievably important. It's so important that they do. They come from us. See, I, I just, Trump being head of the party cannot reject responsibility for party losses any more than McConnell, and neither can voters shirk responsibility for not, get, not turning out or not choosing wisely. That's incredibly important. A lot of people are talking about the money that's spent in the races, uh, particularly in Arizona. And I've noticed that some they're, they're ignoring, nobody's talking about uh, Peter Thiel. Yes, it's true. McConnell's super PAC, that, well, he's, McConnell's super PAC spent a quarter of a million dollars because I've seen a new piece out about this. And they're looking at what, who spent in 2020 and then 2018, et cetera, et cetera. Mark Kelly spent something like 80 million uh, or over 70 million, at least this last uh, race. And people are saying, oh, McConnell was pulling funding out. McConnell had initially pulled funding out 
of Arizona, from what I read, because Peter Thiel had pledged, Blake Masters was his protege, had pledged, you know, X amount of millions. And then when he felt that Blake Masters was in the lead, decided he wasn't going to fund it anymore. And that was after McConnell had redirected funds to like Pennsylvania and elsewhere. And so then he had to come back and then take some funds from some of these other races and redirect them back in Arizona. People can dislike Mitch McConnell for a number of other reasons, but this BS fantasy that people are spending spent about funding in Arizona is not one of them. I don't want to be the left and just make up reasons to dislike people when legitimate reasons exist. I can't stand that. We have a lot more to deal with, including the slam fight that's happening in Washington right now. Everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry's throwing their hat in the ring to be RNC chair. Do you care? Do you care who's going to be deputy whip? Can you even name the people in the running to be deputy whip? No, because they're so damn inconsequential. All they do is rub shoulders and smack hands. I don't know. That's all they... We're going to talk about some of this stuff because it just feels like they're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. So, I don't know. I'm super cynical today. What's new? Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. It's headlines. Okay, so we have... And uh, now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. A study details deeply concerning rise in ER visits among youth with suicidal thoughts. They say the numbers of the hill, the number of adolescents presenting to emergency rooms has jumped in recent years. Kids dealing with suicidal thoughts and accelerating even before the pandemic. And they said that they looked at it's a 22 month period. Uh, You know what I think is a lot to do with this is social media. Totally social media. Really. Dana White is creating a slap fight league. I've never been more excited. I've actually been watching this. Uh, have you watched the slap fights on um, YouTube? Because I have. They say he's actually looking into it. UFC's Dana White is looking into the slap fight stuff. The ultimate fighting championship president. Can you have an ultimate fighting slap fight? Ultimate slap fight championship? Is that? It's a real thing. We're having it. Amazon's laying off 10,000 employees this week via CNBC. They say the cuts would be the largest in the company's history and would primarily impact Amazon's devices organization, retail division, and human resources. They're laying off a lot of people. So that's like two, what, they said Amazon shares closed about down to about 2% on Monday. And Musk canceled all the free lunches at Twitter, $13 million a year for that. Wow. Stay with us. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm not here to, like, out or dox anybody. I'll let people make their own announcements in their own time. I'm making my announcement, which is that I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy. I'm not voting for him tomorrow. I'm not voting for him on the floor. And I am certain that there is a critical mass of people who hold my precise view. You know what's weird about this? So that's Matt Gates who's saying that. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is disagreeing with him. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Your post-election lovable, lovable kind of curmudgeon. Uh, and I, I'm not, <clears throat> the reason that I look at the race for um, House Speaker is because I'm using it as sort of a way to take the temperature of the Republican Party. Not so much because I cannot stand the power jockeying. This is where my ideological side uh, is way, this is, why, uh, this is 
why I'm more ideological and not political. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is apparently voting for McCarthy and she's been defending him. She had said any McCarthy, to her words, where any McCarthy challenge would be a bad strategy. Interesting. She said that it would have unintended negative consequences with a slim majority. She was saying that, you know, when you have uh, maybe, what, 219? Andy Biggs has said he's weighing a run against McCarthy to be a protest run. Um, there could be, I, I, I like Andy Biggs. I know him. I don't think he's, he'd win. Um, I know Steve Scalise was thinking about launching a, a, a run for it. And now last year, reading the Hill, Green said she didn't think that McCarthy would have full support to be speaker. Now she doesn't think that it's good strategy. Um, there's something, it's very interesting that they are very different on that. I'm kind of curious as to it's very interesting now i also read a tweet where did i put this at so this was now didn't trump didn't he back mccarthy i think trump did back mccarthy as yeah i think he did back mccarthy for speaker now matt gates this is according to the associated press Matt Gates apparently is one of the GOP lawmakers who had planned to go to Mar-a-Lago tonight because there's some because Trump is doing we don't nobody knows. Kane thinks he's going to announce the forever stain of the McRib. I'm not sure, but it's raining there apparently, and Gates was saying that he didn't think he would make it down from his flight DC to Florida. He says he'll be there in spirit. A lot of people are wondering about that. What does that mean? Interesting. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their, pl- I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what their plans are going to be. We're going to see how that kind of um, rolls out. But it is, I don't know, it's weird. It's just, I feel like we're starting to see, there's starting to be some kind of a little bit, uh, some disunity setting up. I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering if Republicans are going to be able to get it together ahead of 2024. I think that's kind of the big thing. That's what I'm worried about right now. I mean, I still maintain that my favorite thing would be if the Trump jet went into Georgia at a Walker event and everybody gets out. Trump, Brian Kemp, because, you know, they were kind of at each other's throats. DeSantis, Walker, all everybody gets out. That would be such a great, right? It would totally destroy the narrative. They would, I mean, I, I think that it would boost, the news around it would be such a boon for Walker. And it would show Republican unity. I think it would attract the moderates and the independents and it would satisfy the base. I mean, it, everybody wins. But no one will do it because nobody, there's not enough room for everybody and if they're all egos on that plane. And that's why I hate politics, <laughs> even though I work in this industry, right? Isn't it? It just is so frustrating. One of the things I was thinking of last night, this is what I think about when I go to bed, which is why I cannot break my hyper focus with stuff sometimes. So I'm going to bed. I annoy myself so bad. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you know, that would be, it would be great to have an event like that. And I don't think everybody would get on the plane. And then I thought, I wonder if the founders 
You know, I wonder if the founders, you know, they probably, because they're old timey and I, we, I think we subscribe certain traits to the days of yore that we exclude from today. And I was thinking, well, maybe the, you know, the founding fathers would have, you know, they would have come together. No, they wouldn't have. They, they, they all didn't like each other. They, said that's, they wouldn't have. That's what the other voice in my head said. I'm my good angel, my bad angel. No, it's, it's not. I mean, for crying out loud, they, would, they took out ads against each other. They hated each other. We, I think we romanticize the political associations of the past, and then we try to project them onto the future when they didn't exist in the past. There wasn't. They had, they had just enough unity. And even then, there were problems. It's not any different from today. But I do wish, one time, we could break the, the miserable cycle of human frailty and we could come together and have a big win on something. But it's never going to happen. Isn't that depressing? Like, it's a great idea that will never happen. <sighs> I don't know. So, this situation, I saw another poll out. Club for Growth poll. Hmm. They're going to start doing this a lot. There's actually two polls. So there's Club for Growth. This is DeSantis and the Politico on DeSantis. Uh, they said that according to this, it's, and they're an uh, anti-tax organization. They have a polling memo showing DeSantis up by double digits in one-on-one, one-on-one matchups in Iowa and New Hampshire. And it shows DeSantis leading everybody in the Republican primary, including Trump, in Florida and in Georgia. And, oh boy. And then there's a Texas GOP primary matchup. This is a separate survey. The Republican Party of Texas released its own poll Monday. And they were looking at, you know, who would you like in a 20... 24 matchup and it had DeSantis in the lead plus 11 it was conducted with CWS research they uh, it was yeah they had 13% undecided again I don't know what is with you people and they had uh, Pence Scott Pompeo Haley Trump and DeSantis led by double digits and of the party affiliation, 78% labeled themselves Republicans, 22% independents, 16% undecided. And I was looking at the cry. It was a pretty, it's a pretty interesting, I mean, it's not, you know, it's a Republican poll, but it's, it's a, a, over a thousand people and they were primary voters. So that was interesting. That was an interesting, because for the primary, it's going to come down to all those grassroots and really plugged in people. So, so that's, um. Hmm. That's really kind of stunning, is it not? But we have two years. I saw that there was another interview that Pence gave. Did you see this last night, Kane? I did. The inter- who was it? Was it Hannity that he was talking to? I think it was with Hannity. Does he have a book out? Does Pence have? I forgive me. I haven't. Okay, so he's got a book out. We. I, I hate talking about books usually. Or very rarely do we do it on the show. I mean, honestly, do you want to sit here and listen to some think tank or some Politico be like, here's the book that I wrote that's like everybody else's book? I mean, come on. Anyway, so I, the, I think the big appeal for, for these people talking to Pence is because Pence talks smack about January 6th. And so he said in when he was talking to Hannity, he was saying that he is actually considering, I called this, did I not call this? 
Sorry, can I just like indulge me for a second? Did I not call this yesterday? Your girl called it. I was like, this dude's going to run. Actually, maybe two. Yeah, I was like, this, this dude's going to run. So he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm considering something for 2024. You can be the nicest person in the world. That does not mean you're going to be the candidate. And I just, I don't bear any ill will towards Mike Pence. I think a lot of people in politics, they mistake uh disagreement or the refusal to get on someone's bandwagon as dislike it's not the same thing i don't bear him any ill will but i just don't think it looks good to have been quiet this entire time and then right now after the election when it looks like this is the best time to take that shot across the bow without you know incurring much consequence this is the time you're going to get out and start talking about january 6th it's just weird right am i the only one in thinking this it just seems it seems advantageous and one of the things that voters don't like is when it when they see a politician do something and it doesn't seem advantageous to the voter, it seems advantageous to the politician. They don't like the self-serving aspect of that. That never goes down well. And so I I mean I was like, "Oh, dang, he's on Hannity too." Like he was talking on Sunday, he was talking to uh what was it? ABC and then he's now saying that he's thinking about a run. It's not going to happen. The Carrie Lake thing yesterday, the tweets, the, my timeline on Twitter was full of people ripping each other's throats out. I just checked out a little early. I was like, I can't. Y'all are driving me nuts. I'm going to pull this car over and start whooping people. It's just, I'm done. Take off my flip-flop, even though it's winter. But um, I, and again, I, I, I don't dislike Carrie Lake, but man, you cannot run in John McCain's backyard and basically be like, F John McCain. You just can't do that. Especially if you want to win a general. I mean, this is not rocket science. I'm not sharing any trade secrets. I mean, that's just, you know what I'm saying? That's like going to St. Louis and wanting to do something with St. Louis and being like, F the Cardinals. You just can't do that, right? And that's how people in that area look at John McCain. Love him or hate him. That's how they deal with it. That's how they look at it. You got stuff in your own area. They got that stuff in their area. Okay? That's just just how it is. I look at this like if you want to win, then you got to step on the steps that are going to make you win. You're going to, you know what I mean? You got to follow the path that's going to make you win. I, I think of it, um, what was, it was one of the Indiana Jones movies. What was it when he had to solve the riddle, a penitent man? Remember that? Uh, the He was out in Jordan, the country, and uh, they went in that, that huge uh, temple and he realized that he had to walk across uh, this this stone pathway, but every other stone set off some kind of booby trap, and so he only had to step he had to step on particular stones, and he had to figure it out. And I feel like that is the exact same thing when you're running in a race like this. You have to figure out how to step on the correct stones without springing a booby trap on yourself. Do you want? The, I mean, if the goal, if the purpose is to complete the task, which in this case is winning the race. Then you have, yeah, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Thank you. Then you have to step on the correct stones. That's just the way the game is played. The game doesn't, you don't have to like the game. The game doesn't care if you like it. That's how it's played. Remind me of the scene in Yellowstone. Because I have, I, I never more have I felt like John Dutton than watching him deal with the tribulations of being governor and all the stupid 
stuff that you got to do. You got to go kiss this group's butt. You got to go shake this group's hand. Because that's how that's so much of the game is like this. It's a game where you try to build up goodwill to incur favors later on down the line. And that's what his staff was explaining. He's like, I don't give a damn about favors. He's like, I'm leaving in four years. This is about protecting my land, which is probably one of the most honest things I've heard anybody say in, in, in fiction or not. And they're like, you can't tell people that you're going to be gone in four years because then everybody's going to wait you out. Like how the terrorists wait out, you know, when Democrat presidents go, we're going to pull out an X amount of time. The terrorists go, okay, we'll just wait. Same thing here. They'll just wait you out. They're like, you can't do that. But there's a lot of power in not caring about incurring goodwill. But you still need favors. And you've got to play the game to get favors. And the outgoing governor who became the senator was like, look, this is how the game is played. You either play the game or the game plays you. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally stealing Tyler, uh, Tyler Sheridan stuff. Taylor Sheridan stuff. It's great. But it's true. That's how the game's played. And I think that had an impact in her race particularly. And it doesn't incur goodwill when you got people that can't count their damn votes on time. I had some cat tell me on Twitter that saying that uh, why is declaring a victor on election day your top priority? What? What? Why is the the point of election day isn't the results, says some moron. Oh, my gosh, I can't. We have a heck of a lot more to hit, guys. We've got Florida man on the way. And, oh, man, we got to talk about all the stuff that you could do in Cutter that will get you in trouble. It's a list because the World Cup's there. I mean, what do you do if you want to go and you want to be at the World Cup in person, but also you got to be in Cutter and you can't hardly do anything? So let's talk about that. Not like you're going to go, but let's play pretend. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so this um, got a number of things here. Let's do First off, I'm trying to understand why skulls are, this is a Florida beach. Skulls are emerging on a Florida beach after hurricane control. Hurricane control. Hurricane Nicole. Officials think. It could be a Native American burial ground. Um, I, it's on USA Today. I have seen so many, I mean, this is how Poltergeist started without a hurricane. Imagine your 30-year-old Dakota Brady. He's with some friends at Chastain Beach in southeast Florida after Hurricane Nicole. And then they they were walking on the beach and all of a sudden they start seeing these human remains. And they said it was absolutely surreal. They said that, you know, we're here on a daily basis and oh man. And so all these skulls start popping up and they think it's from uh, a a, a nearby uh, Native American burial ground. There were six skulls. Oh, man, that's rough. So they're investigating, of course. Now, here's a story for you. A stepdad shoots a PS4 uh, during an argument with a stepson. Byron Haynes, 41, faces charges of aggravated assault and child neglect. Uh, It was an argument with his stepson. Uh, and the, he was yelling at the sister. The boy intervened, and then the dad shoots the PlayStation 4. Dude, slow your roll, man. Bad dad. Stick with us because we got breaking news coming out of Europe next. Well, to answer the first part of your question, I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We, uh, I've met, met many times with Xi Jinping, and we were candid and clear with one another across the board. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. 
and uh, made it clear that our policy in Taiwan has not changed at all. It's the same exact position we've had. I made it clear that we want to see cross-strait issues peacefully resolved, and, uh, and so it never has to come to that. Well, and welcome back to the program. It is the top of our third hour. That is President Joe Biden speaking uh, about the G20 summit there. I had met with, well, he called them Colombia, Cambodia, uh, and also had a three-hour meeting with Xi Jinping. I am your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash. Now, he's looking at South Pacific. We need to redirect our focus momentarily, even though I think China is the biggest geopolitical threat, to what is happening in Europe particularly Eastern Europe, from the Associated Press. And this is being reported by a number of outlets. They're saying that, uh, in fact, they said uh, Russian missiles, I'm pulling up, uh, I want to make sure I hit the the Associated Press tweet because it's the one that is the least uh, hyperbole. Uh, Associated Press in Warsaw, they said senior U.S. intelligence officials says Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland and killed two people. So now Article 5 is trending. Oh, boy. So, and they're saying, and this is also coming, it's coming from Associated Press, it's coming from ABC, it's coming from BuzzFeed, it's coming from everywhere now. So I'm sure we're going to get more information on this. Maybe we could have a press conference, uh, I don't know, with, you know, just get some insight from our defense officials. But I'm just saying... I, I, I tweeted out that I think War Inc. is rubbing their collective hands together on this. Because they are. Because it could, you have world leaders at G20 right now, and then you have this news that is coming saying that, uh, yeah, Russian missiles, looks like they crossed into Poland. And if, the, if all these reports are accurate, that could be incredibly concerning. If, if what Associated Press is reporting is accurate, and Russian missiles crossed into Poland and killed two people, that could be concerning. So we're waiting for more reports on that. But that is what is that's what Associated Press is reporting. Uh, I have the now I have the uh, I think they have a story out on it now. This just hit eight minutes ago. I'll put this in Slack so you guys can. This just hit eight minutes. So that's the official AP story on it because they have people there on the ground. Uh, and they also apparently had a power grid attack. And Sky News has it. Uh, Canadian News has it. Uh, Agence France Press. So it's uh, not it's not good if if all accurate, it is not good. And so you have Article five, like I said, Article five started trending. That was Article five of, you know, because you remember what Biden was saying about NATO and oh, my gosh. (sighs) So I think now what you would have to watch and wait to see is if Poland invokes, I guess Poland would have to invoke Article five. They would have to claim Article five. Because. The NATO alliance, Article 5, is an attack on one, is an attack on all. And so then the question would, you know, is this, was it errant? Does errant trigger Article 5? So we should probably get Yates on tomorrow. Yay, Yates from his bunker. <laughs> Man, so this this will be very, uh, and uh, as we, as we uh, will follow this and see. I, I'm just, and then, you know, you have the hyperbole, everyone's screaming, World War Three. Look, I'm going to tell you this, and I know it's been said before by, you know, a, a great individual that used to have my, have my uh, time slot, uh, who created my industry. If I, if I think you need to freak out, I'll tell you. 
<laughs> it's just how I look at it. So chill. Everybody chill. I mean, it's, there's, it's, I, I always go back to that. You're going to hate me for saying this because some of you said I cite this movie way too much, but it's, it, no, not Lord of the Rings. I'm not actually going to cite Lord of the Rings. Oh, no, you thought I was going to go there. Yeah. No, Juan did too. Juan totally thought, no, I was going to cite the cinematic masterpiece, Kane. That is Roadhouse. Oh. Right? Where Patrick Swayze is like, you be nice until it's time to not be nice. So that's just, just chill and be cool until it's time to not be cool. There's no reason I'm freaking out over stuff. My, I, I don't know. That's just how I look at it. No reason freaking out over anything. I don't get excited over a thing until there's something to get like freaked out about or whatever. So, as I said, in reminiscent of some some kindly advice that a great man who used to occupy this radio slot has shared with me, if I think you need to freak out, I'll tell you. So you can use me as your canary. I will willingly, I'll be your canary. So if I think you need to freak out, then I'll tell you. And I'll keep an eye on all this and I'll watch it. Uh, so, cause it keeps me from, from aggravating my, uh, senior in high school about all the stuff that he needs to get done and it helps me to not hover. So I'll keep an eye on all this for you, man. Like, could it get any dumber? Juan had a really good observation when we were on break. He's like, Hmm, very interesting that this is all happening. I mean, we're not conspiracy theorists. Let's play this game. We're not conspiracy theorists, but, but. It is a little weird, right? I'm just saying. I'm not at all. Like, I am the furthest from a conspiracy theorist. Except I do hate Elf on the Shelf because I think it teaches kids to be used to uh, surveillance. But that's a whole other thing. I tell you that? Yeah. Um, when long ago, somebody tried to give us an Elf on the Shelf and I, like, put it, I was like, I'm going to put his head in the garbage disposal. I hate this thing. But I'm just, it is kind of weird. Trump is supposed to say, and I don't think it has to do with Trump. I just think that these are all a bunch of pieces coming together. You have Trump doing something tonight. You have the election that just happened. They can't figure out what the hell's going on. There, you, have, you have a Republican leadership voting. They're actually voting right now, in fact. Let me pull this up because this is just happening. Uh, the, they, the House GOP leadership election literally just started and Chip Roy nominated Andy Biggs. So that's that's some of the latest. And then you have... Uh, Everybody's going through and they're nominating uh, for and, and then seconding the nomination, et cetera, for these leaders. Uh, and there are there are some uh, reporters there on the ground. So it's just this is all. So this is happening. It's and you got G20 going on. It's just weird. Juan does not believe in coincidences. You know, there's something to that. I mean, I'm just there is right. There's something to that. Juan is onto something. Kane, yeah, I wish I could show you. Kane is going. He's a meme. He's going. Mm-hmm. He's that. You know that Jack Nicholson meme from The Shining when he's smiling like a crazy person and shaking his head. That's you right now. Was I doing that? Yeah, you looked. You looked very suspicious. That? You were smiling like a vaudeville villain, dude. Very subconsciously. Doing like you it almost then. grew a mustache to twirl. <laughs> oh yes, it's like that's you right now. Oh man. Do you got extra foil? Got any of them tin foil hats? I, I just, <laughs> I do actually. I don't want War Inc. to circumvent Trump's McRib announcement tonight, though. I Man, if he walks out there and announces a McRib, and then World War Three kicks off, I, I know a lot of people are going to be mad. Man, the bros are going to be mad. They ain't going to like that. I don't know. Is it weird? Are we being weird? I feel it, right. 
No, I don't know. I mean, we're all getting this information. Mean, literally, 10 minutes ago is when it all right. went public. So we're just... And I'm like, Kane, what's this? And you're like, I don't know, but Article 5's trending. I'm like, geez. This is one of the... Just because it trends doesn't necessarily mean it's going right. to happen. However, I think everyone's like, is it... Was it errant? You know, like, was it a mistake? I don't... Does that happen? It's Russia, though. So they have crap stuff. Like, our, have you heard, like, learned about our missiles and how our stuff works? I watched this whole, I don't know, I finished, I finished work one day and then I fell down a rabbit hole of watching about technology, uh, our, our defense technology and our weaponry and all of this. And, you know, it was showing how you can send, this is stuff I do, I don't know, it sends a missile, you can literally target a specific floor in a specific building and not have the thing detonate until it basically is right at the correct door. And then you can control the damn, I mean, it's nuts how precise it is. Um, in fact, one of my kids, who's a, he's going into software engineering. He is obsessed with like the engineering aspect of that and like what that looks like written and all that. stuff. So, so he might die. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a weapons programmer. But it was very interesting to, to watch the technology and how much it has progressed actually in such a, in a fairly short amount of time. Um, but they don't Russia doesn't have those capabilities. I mean, have you been hearing about their their junky equipment? Right. One of the things that I thought was funny uh, from Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue, and I know there was a lot of debate about it, but he was talking about how Russia going into Ukraine. He was like, they didn't Ukrainians didn't even have like regular weapons. He's like, they basically set it all up to be like home alone, like the home alone traps. You know, people were just like getting regular everyday things. And then Russia rolls in and, you know, Ukrainians have everything set up like a bunch of home alone traps. It was kind of funny. But when you think about it, I mean, they don't have the best equipment. Their soldiers aren't well trained. They don't have the best equipment. So that's why I say, was it errant? Because it just makes me think that there could be that possibility. So are they going to go, whoops, our bad. Didn't mean to do that. Like, where did you think that they were going to go? I don't know. I feel like that discussion needs to be had before War Inc. is like, okay, let's go. Is it, oh, is it time for war? Let's go to the war. And just, no, let's not. Let's just, you know, come on. Whew. I mean, maybe, they, maybe they'll go, oops, are bad. I don't know. G20 is happening right now. So I feel like that's kind of one of the, it can go either way, right? It can be the worst time for that to happen. And it just shows how ridiculous they are. Or it was done on purpose. I don't think that there's a middle ground, right? When you consider the logic of it. I don't want to speculate, but it is fun to speculate a little bit on that. I don't know. Can you have any additional thoughts? Because we're going to move on to the GOP slap fight and no, other just, stuff. No, uh, just text in with Stephen Yates, actually. Oh, that. what does he say? So he said he's uh, going to be on the road heading down to, guess where? Well, it's an undisclosed location, but going to Mar-a-Lago. Oh, interesting. I know. Interesting. So we're going to find out um, what his availability is. Is that tomorrow. his word for Poland? I don't know. No. No, okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Like he meant like, you know, the place in Florida? Yes. Okay. Yeah, shake it out of him. Shake him, shake him, shake all the info out of him. I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering. That's all very interesting. So we'll we'll watch all this stuff for you, but good heavens. I, I you know. Okay, so now it's at McCarthy's already one speaker. It just happened that apparently that quick. Uh, Kevin McCarthy beat Andy Biggs to become GOP nominee for Speaker of the House. So now that you have seven weeks and he's got to get 218 supporters to win the floor vote that will take place on January 3rd. So that's how quickly all that happened. So they nominated. So Kevin McCarthy in the span literally of maybe 18 minutes since we start, like literally since we came back for the top of our third hour, 
Uh, so McCarthy uh, has taken that nomination and they're going to have uh, January 3rd is when they will have the floor vote for speaker. And he has to have 218 votes to get that. So that is that's the that's the latest is what we have. So there you go. Good heavens. What a weird, crazy segment. All right. So if we uh, will, we'll have more updates for you. And I got some I, we got to talk uh, about World Cup and all that stuff, too, as we get moving. Our friends over at Keltec. Uh, Keltec is a great company and they make some fun stuff. The KSG is just great for home defense. I don't know if you're familiar with the KSG. It is the first 12, it's there, it's the first 12 gauge pump action shotgun that was chambered for three inch shells. This is the KSG is the one that started it all. It has dual two magazines. So you get a capacity standard of 12 plus one. So that's six rounds in each tube, plus you got one chambered. And if you want two and three quarter inch shells, KSG holds seven plus seven uh, and, and plus one. So you got one chambered. So that's 15 shells. Downward shell ejection. It's truly ambidextrous. All the shells fly away from your face. I mean, that's just brilliant design. It's smooth and it's reliable and it's simple. It's compact. It's lightweight, lightweight, easy to control. I have a KSG. Uh, it's great home defense. It's, you know, great for, you know, backcountry, anywhere in between. They also have the KSG 25, the KSG Tactical the compact version of the KSG, which is even compactier. That's not a word, but it is now. And the award-winning KS7. You got to check it out. They're like Pokemon cards. Collect them all. See it for yourself at KeltechWeapons.com. It's the KSG. This is an awesome. You might have seen the KSG in a number of movies, too, by the way, because it has been. Uh, get the Keltech. Uh, be the first to, to know all the Keltech news. Sign up for their insider. KeltechWeapons.com. K-E-L-T-E-C. Weapons.com. Tell them Dana sent you. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So apparently, I'm going to run through these. The most overweight and ob- or obese state is West Virginia, according to CDC. What do you know, CDC? No, they just said it was the most overweight state, followed by Mississippi and Kentucky. But I bet they make food with real butter and not margarine. So... Yeah, I'm just saying that's uh, real. Real people have carbs, right? What are you doing, CDC? They ignored that that is a comorbidity of this whole time for the coronavirus. So, uh, let's see. Um, how much? Are, what's the average net worth of Americans ages 65 to 74? 121,700. That's the median U.S. household net worth for that. So that was data from from 2019 released in 2020. But that's more than double. It's more than double that for for people ages 65 to 74. So interesting. Well, that makes sense, right? I can't believe you have a Guinness World Record for anything. It's kind of silly. A man breaks a Guinness World Record for wearing the most lanyards around his neck. Uh, Sonny Molina is a surgical nurse and it was a tribute to the healthcare system that he works at and he was doing it as a fundraiser so good for him but um, I yeah that's a, a record that you can he had like a frillion of them that's kind of crazy Margot Robbie was going to be in Pi- the, the new Pirates of the Caribbean remember they were kind of getting rid of Jack Sparrow and now according to Vanity Fair it's done Disney's not moving forward with it Probably because it seemed like an awful idea. I mean, I don't dislike Margot Robbie at all, but no, 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 no. I mean, Penelope Cruz, if you were going to use a female, she was already in the one with Johnny Depp. If you needed to do that, I mean, why ignore her? Just, you know. Jay Leno, 72, says he's okay after suffering serious burns to his face from a gasoline fire. He was uh, dealing, so he was in his Los Angeles garage. 
And one of, uh, he was working on a steam car. It erupted, sent him to the hospital. His eyes and his eye and ear were not affected in the blaze. He was taken to the burn ward at Grossman Burn Center. Uh, and he apparently, one of the other people in his garage was helping to put the burn out. They said it is serious burns, though. He says he needs a couple of weeks to get back on his feet. He says, I got some serious burns from a gas fire. Uh, what was he trying to do with a clogged gas line or something? He said the steam was made by gas and it got sprayed as a gas. That sounds like a bad poof. But I think it's kind of cool that he does all this stuff. You know, I mean, he's he loves old cars, so we're glad that he's okay. And a man tried to kidnap an eight-year-old girl who was walking with her dad in New York. It was a parolee who was charged, had been previously charged with murder. Uh, thankfully, the eight-year-old's okay. They were returning home from the store. And uh, he's, uh, they're just trying to make sure that other people are aware that this can happen. The guy apparently is back in custody. Stick with us. You know, much of the media doesn't cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In the latest episodes, I talk about the midterm elections and the Republican over-optimism and underperformance that happened in those midterms and what it means for the next election. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue in the news, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the show. Bottom of our third hour. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. And uh, we're going to switch gears and talk about some of this other stuff with G20 and that. But just an, just an update. They're still waiting. I think the Pentagon's waiting for more information, too. There was this report. It was from the Associated Press that had to deal with uh, apparently this report of uh, two uh, missiles that... The way that it's being presented, it was that they were originally uh, meant for Ukraine, and I guess they overshot, I don't know, and it went into Poland, uh, Russian missiles, Poland being a NATO country, and uh, apparently killed two people, and so now everybody's, you know, oh my goodness, what's what does this mean? What does this mean? I mean, I, I, I think that they... I mean, obviously, they're going to have to get more information on this. But, I mean, I could see how that could happen. I mean, Poland and Ukraine are, you know, they're, they're neighbors. But, and I don't know exactly where this hit there. And, again, they are still waiting for more confirmation. The Pentagon said, oh, we don't have, you know, confirmation and all that yet. And it's being reported by Associated Press and a bunch of others. But, uh, yeah, they were, everyone was talking about Article 5 and everything else. And um, the... I know with Article 4 convening and having the council look at it for NATO, that, I mean, I could see that being triggered. But Article 5, from what I understand, it sounds as though it would have to be an intentional action. We're going to talk to Stephen Yates about this tomorrow. Um, it, would, it would need to be an intentional action in order to trigger Article 5. Because, I, I mean, to think about it, the only, there's only been one time in its inception that Article 5 has been triggered with NATO, and that was after 9-11. Um, that is the only time that it has that it has been triggered. So, I, you know, I think that there's uh, uh, that's and it, anybody can move to invoke. But I think in order for it to actually I mean, if it's an act, there's one you have to consider all of this because you're proposing war. So and that's a major thing if it's errant or not. And if you look at two 
you have to look at the ge- the very it's very clinical geopolitical sphere of things here. If it's an errant thing, it's bad. But is it? Do you respond to that bad if it is a bad errant thing? And again, we don't know anything about this yet. Do you respond to that by bringing all the war to it? <laughs> I mean, I'm just we'll see and we'll wait and get more information. But with now NATO members have already triggered Article Four over Ukraine. Now Article Four is when you can the members of NATO with the NATO Council uh, they can bring everything to their uh, to their table for discussions and negotiations. And I think that's that's been invoked a few times. But Article Five has only ever been invoked once. And um, and I think after some of this with uh, with Ukraine, there's been a number of NATO states that did invoke uh, Article 4 to have the discussion about it at the North Atlantic, uh, at their Security Council table. So that is all the latest for that. Now, one of the other things that, because there's a couple of other things that came out about this, someone was saying that it could be, this, there's some reporters who were there on the ground this is why I don't normally like speculation, but when you have war reporters, which do a valuable service, by the way, uh, when you have these reporters, this is real media. When they're on the ground and they're reporting these things as they're happening, they're saying, well, it could be traditional air defense. And they're trying to figure out, uh, because there had been reports of Russia repurposing air defense missiles for offensive purposes and, you know, et cetera. And so they were, I, some of the reporters who were, who were apparently there in Ukraine were discussing that. But I don't know. I can't see... For me, I can't see Article 5 getting, you know, triggered off of this in, unless it was an intentional direct action against Poland. And that's the that's it, because the way that it's being uh, like, for instance, this individual who is uh, with Washington Post is saying that it was intended for Ukraine and it crossed into Poland. So that I, I, I think that's an, an important detail on that. Uh, and also, too, you know, as Kane was noting, I mean, would that just seems like a dumb move for Russia to make when he is when Putin and and Russia and everyone, they're barely surviving right now as is. China has already intimated that they are not interested in getting involved in Russia's mess because it's not advantageous for them. They it is it's a it's an issue of vanity and strategy for them why would they deplete their resources on a losing mission on a losing cause like russia with china and also they can't i know every they are a geopolitical foe but in terms of boots on the ground it is a whole other story for them their economy is kind isn't in the best shape that's that's a big thing so there's a lot of things to consider here there's a lot of you know a lot of plain pieces out there all right i want to switch it up Let's, uh, because we've been talking about the GOP slap fight and everything else, let's, let's move and let's talk about just relax a little bit. The World Cup. So it's in Qatar, where you can't, you don't be gay in Qatar. It sounds like a, it sounds like a, welcome to Qatar. Don't be gay. And right? So the Team USA, I've been seeing all of this stuff. So they redesigned the, logo to make it a rainbow okay and then it's part of the be the change initiative and what else is it they've some of them what did they had socks or something like that as i was reading 
I mean, what is that? I don't understand necessarily what that does, so to speak. But when in Qatar for the World Cup, let me pull this up. Apparently, there's like a lot of stuff that you cannot do, which you kind of already knew that. So if you try to bring in pork, um, pornography, or some other items, you could, why are you laughing? Intimate recreational items. You could totally go to prison. So they said they're waiting for like 4,000 Three Lions fans, 3,000 supporters of the Dragons are going to be present. They've been preparing for all of this, but there's some strict laws. They have a foreign, I'm going to pull this up, they have a foreign advice page. I saw this the other day. They're giving all of the uh, um, advice to the World Cup fans. So you can't bring any, I mean, you got to be, they have very, you can only drink in designated areas. No hooliganism, no no sassy public behavior, no swearing or rude gestures. That's considered an obscene act, and you can totally go to jail for that. Right? And there's even, there's also law, there's also laws and regulations as to how couples can behave in public. Uh, They said any intimacy in public can lead to arrest. And of course, you have to dress modestly. Women have to cover their shoulders, no skirts, no short, shorter skirts anyway. Um, But they have some very strict, very strict laws over there. And you cannot be drunk in public. You'll totally get arrested. They they talk about there's apparently a ton of British nationals that have been detained under this law and uh, any disorderly offensive behavior, anything like that. And you can only get alcohol in certain you have to have they have to have a special license in the hotel or bar or restaurant to have alcohol and serve it. And you can only drink in those areas, but you can't be drunk in public. And ex- expatriates that are that live in Qatar, you have to obtain alcohol on a permit system. So you have to get a permit to buy it. And you can't carry it around with you except to take it from the warehouse to your home when you collect it from the warehouse. So very interesting. Yeah, you can, you got to be very... And then photography and all of that, you have to be very careful with... Um, oh my gosh, there's all kinds of stuff. And if you're any, any intimacy... I think it's any intimacy between men and women, not just like married couples, but... Oh, and homosexual behavior is so totally illegal. So don't bring your gay pork soda to Cutter. <laughs> it is not allowed. Not allowed. There you go. So King, I mean, yeah. I bet your kombucha. Kombucha. Whatever the hell that is. They didn't say anything about kombucha. Well, it's, they said, uh, I'm forever calling it your gay pork soda now. Is that what you think yep. kombucha is? Gay pork it soda? It has chunks of stuff in it. There's, it's weird, It's dude. not pork, though. I can tell it's you that. It's weird. It looks like spam. It's not gay or it's pork. It's bacteria, and it's weird. It's not gay-y or pork-y. I'm just saying. No. So uh, that's... But anyway, go have fun in Cutter. Yeah. All <laughs> <the> fun. <laughs> oh, man. Now, in the meantime... Which is not so fun. Have you seen with Iran? It's kind of amazing that I I was on Jesse Waters the other day. And there was this, uh, because what's her face? Oh, AOC. I keep forgetting her name. I'm not joking. I actually did. Uh, She was complaining about how she couldn't even go out of her house. And it was so bad. Things aren't safe. And I'm like, so you're telling me the area in which you live is and represent is not safe? Really? But 
it's you know you're living in the result of your own policies <clears throat> that's kind of the that's kind of the problem here and i was thinking about that and then the story that's coming out of iran where ever since they had um uh, this woman who was beaten and died, she was beaten and died apparently in police custody because she wasn't wearing her uh, headscarf properly. There's been, you know, beatings and all kinds of stuff. protesters really took to the streets. It's, you know, major protest. And they have apparently 15,000 Iranians that have been arrested in connection to the demonstrations. Now, there's a lot of back and forth as to whether or not they're whatever religious leader has decided to if they if they're going to issue the death penalty on these protesters or not now there are some of the press that's in iran they are saying that uh, no fifteen thousand people haven't been sentenced to death oh but they're totally arrested though you know that makes it okay um they said that they've had a thousand indictments issued against those and arrested with connection uh in tehran there's been one protester sentenced to death for, quote, waging war against God and corruption on earth. That's not because they damage public property. Wow. Wow. Don't be a rioter over there. And they said nine others were charged with offenses that warrant the death penalty. They said that 15,000 apparently have been detained, but I guess the ha- sentence hasn't been passed over them. But the, I guess it could happen. So that nuance, apparently, is that what I is that what I'm to understand that that. But that's just kind of crazy. And it's all because a woman did not wear her. She was she got beaten to death because she wasn't wearing her headscarf properly. It's just really kind of crazy to hear about the feminist left talk about their handmaid's tale existence here in the United States. When you see what's happening with women in, in Iran and how they can get. It's not that the woman wasn't wearing her headscarf. She wasn't wearing it properly enough for the Big Brother police. I mean, read the room. Some of these women in the, on the left here. Hey, folks, Dana Lash here with the price of everything going up. uh, There's one thing that you can save money on, and it's a necessity, of course, ammunition. My friends over at Recoil Gunworks not only have very competitive pricing, but right now they're also giving all of you $20 off of any order of $100 or more. So that makes it a great time to stock up before the end of this year. And you can visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana and use promo code Dana to get $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now, this offer is only good for a short time. Now, you know Recoil Gunworks. It's a firearms and ammunition and accessories retailer. They're online, family-owned, Midwest family. Actually, they were born legit in a basement in 2013. Uh, and they think like you. And they're known, actually, for police trade-in guns in great shape. So they they pick them and, and all that other stuff. And you can buy now, pay later, no interest. They got super competitive pricing. I mean, you just got to go and, and look at everything that they have. And also check out the product restrictions page uh, for, the, for, you know, those who want to cite state law requirements. Yes, there are certain restrictions and requirements uh, and ammo is shipped to your door where it is legal, including Illinois, New Jersey and Connecticut. So uh, and remember, the vast majority of the country, they don't have regulations on restriction of this basic freedom item. So visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana today. Get a full list of products. Use promo code Dana. Get yourself $20 off any order of $100 or more. And whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast. So get $20 off when you use promo code Dana on any $100 order or more at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. That's recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. 
your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Towards the end of our third hour, I wanted to give you an update on this news that began kind of trending at the top of this third hour. These two missiles that struck in Poland, killing two individuals. And a lot of the reaction is that, well, Poland's a NATO country that could trigger Article 5. But there's more information coming out. The Pentagon was asked in a briefing uh, and they just said that they are still working to confirm information and they don't have any. They didn't have anything to share with the press at this time. It was originally reported by the Associated Press and then spread from there. Journalists who have been on the ground in Ukraine, they said they were twin explosions. It hit a rural village five miles from Ukraine's border. Now, some of the unofficial, some of the push unofficially, I think, coming from Russia is that it was the the missiles were intended for Ukraine and that which I mean, I I don't see the benefit of them trying to trigger NATO. I really don't, considering they're not on the winning side of this conflict right now. And I think that would be the worst thing for them. But dumber things have happened. Um, However, that I mean, you kind of got to go with Occam's razor a little bit here. The the most the the most likely explanation is the correct one, and so being that it's five miles in a rural village from the Ukrainian border, and it was they said it was a pair of wayward Russian missiles, and it did unfortunately kill two people. But whether or not that ends up, because I think any member nation could could claim article five there's a lot of debate with experts etc as to whether intentional or unintentional action to trigger article five i just think it would be um to trigger article five over something that's errant i i'm not quite sure because i you know there's any a member lot of state can there. trigger it right. with a vote like right. so the first there has to be a member well they've state already triggered article four of going to the table to discuss these and issues then NATO has Ukraine. to vote whether or not to invoke it article five is yeah whether or not they're gonna so We'll, I mean, we'll just wait and see. I'm sure there's going to be updates from the Pentagon later. It's just, you know, it's just weird because you have G20 happening and um, you have all of this other stuff going on with our elections. And then apparently Trump is making an announcement tonight. And then one last quick thing. I know we got to get moving. A Georgia court earlier struck down the heartbeat law is unconstitutional. Uh, Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney uh, struck the, down the law, said unconstitutional when it was enacted as opposed to the laws it stands today after Dobbs. Jonathan Turley notes in footnote five, it gives a backhand to the Dobbs majority. Uh, and so kind of interesting there. So we're going to we'll keep an eye on all of that. It's just a very weird, very weird, crazy kind of news day. So as I said, you know, the 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 great guy that used to the great man that used to have this rate, this time slot. Um, who created this industry always said, you know, if it's uh, if there's something, to fr- if it's when it's time to freak out, I'll tell you. So I'll tell you. Uh, but anyway, today's stupidity, Kane. All right, it's going to be Maricopa County officials handling the elections. You know, everyone's been frustrated about their slow vote counting, but this is what oh, they man. said about it. This is fast for Maricopa County. It It usually takes us anywhere between 10 and 12 days to complete the count. And we think we're going to be done by the end of this week. That's just nuts. That's nuts. Just stop mail-in voting. That's literally all you need to do. Yeah, just just don't have that. Folks, that does it for us this afternoon. I will be back with you behind the mic tomorrow. Sign up for the newsletter, chapter and verse, over at Substack. God bless, and have a great night.